On today's episode on Soul Zero Two, we're going to be talking about five lies that keep us from spiritual wholeness. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And I'm going to talk to you today about five lies that keep us from spiritual wholeness. And there's a specific scripture that speaks to this, that sometimes we can believe things that are not true, and those things that we believe keep us crippled, not only maybe on the outside, but on the inside, from moving forward, from from coming into the destiny and purpose God has for us. And here's the scripture really quickly. I, I want to give it to you. It says, After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there was a pool called in Hebrew, Beth Zatha or Bethesda, in the more anglicized pronunciation, which has five porticos. It goes on to say, in these lay many invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man, in verse five says, there had been there, had who had been there 38 years. Jesus saw this lying, Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time. He said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred, and while I was making my way, while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take up your bed, and walk. At once the man was made well. And he took up his mat and began to walk. And now, that day was the Sabbath. And this this is an amazing story because it's literally uh, a miracle, a breakthrough in the midst of such hopelessness. And some of the most destructive lies that we believe are the ones that keep us from coming into God's full purposes for us. What is it that God has called you to do? What is it that God has put in your heart? What are the dreams or the visions that God has put in you? And what is keeping you from them? And these kinds of lies affect us the same way that they did the crippled man who lay by the pool for 38 years until Jesus showed up. And we find that there are five lies that he believed that I want to talk about today. And I'm going to just go through them very efficiently today. But but the first one is this. He believed the world's narrative of wholeness. Of wholeness. And let me just do it this way, perhaps. But there you go. He believed the world's narrative of, of wholeness. And in other words, it says in John 5, 7, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. He believed in the folk tales that the people around him believed, that all the the sick and lame people around him believed. People at, the, at that time believed that an angel came and stirred the waters, according to this local kind of myth tradition. The, the first one uh, in, in the water would be healed. So that was kind of weird, right? And so people had a race to get in there. And if you were the first, you're healed. If you're not, if you're not the first, then you're you're in trouble. You know, most theologians, however, agree that the earliest manuscripts omit these words about the pool being stirred 
or about an angel coming and stirring the waters. As a result, it is nearly unanimous among scholars that this was added later to the text, which means this was folklore. It was it was conspiracy, so to speak. And look, look at it this way. Or think about it this way. How cruel would it be for God to let crippled and lame people have to wait for the exact moment for the water to stir only for them to have to fight others to get into the pool first. I mean, it almost sounds like a weird divine hungers game, if, if, if that's what it was, right? But God is not cruel. So to me, this this really is a, a tradition. It's not really something that, and you don't find this anywhere in the Bible, right? Uh, by the way, this trend, right? So, but here's another thing he believed that was not true. He believed that there could only be one way to be healed. And here's what I mean by that. In John 5, 6, it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And this man, however, this crippled man was in a stuck mindset. The man interpreted Jesus' question through his own lens, through his own presuppositions about how healing can be accomplished, and thus concluded that his real problem was that there was no one to put him in the water. And that was the real issue, that I just don't have help. And 38 years is a long time to believe this lie. Some people have believed the lies they believe their whole lives. But here's, here's the third one. He believed through the lens of his own abandonment. This crippled man was so messed up that he could only see, he can only see through rejection. He can only see uh, his own plight through being rejected by God and by others because there was nobody to put him in. And so when Jesus asked him the question, he deflected. He didn't answer Jesus' question about whether or not he wanted to be healed. And instead, he, he said, well, this is the real problem. I just, you know, I don't have anybody. Um, he defined himself through his lack. He lacked physical strength to get up and, and, and go into the pool and be, behold. Behold. And then he lacked friends or support to help him. So he's like, I have no help and I have no strength, so I can't do it. Without strength and without friends, his miracle was impossible. So he was believing through his own disabandonment or abandonment rather. And so here's another one. He believed that God's love was on a first come, first serve basis. What do I mean by that one? <laughs> well, somehow he had to fight through the crowd and earn his right to be healed. He had to be the first one. So maybe in his mind was the idea that God loves those people, but not necessarily me. And sometimes we as, as, as people, as, as children of God, can believe God for other people and for their healing and for their miracles and for their breakthrough, but not for ourselves. And, and that's why Jesus came to change it, because he's the one who heals us, because he loves all of us directly, and he has relationship with us. He's our friend. But here's another one that he believed. He believed that God would heal through others' involvement. In other words, the lie he believed was that he could only be healed if others helped him be healed, if others helped him get in the pool. His only salvation lay in someone else putting him in. So Jesus asked this question, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get well? 
And it almost sounds like a like a silly rhetorical question when Jesus asks that question to him. But as someone has well said, Jesus wanted him to participate in the process. As often, often Jesus wants you and I to participate in the process. How is that? Our part is to believe. God's part is to bring the miracle, to bring the breakthrough. We don't have the power to bring the breakthrough, but He does. And our job is to believe. Our job is, is to get involved in it and say, Lord, I'm going to hold on to you until you bring breakthrough in my life. So we must believe, as the scriptures tell us, that He is a rewarder of them who seek Him. And so then we find that Jesus has these, He did three things basically. Jesus gave three commands to him, basically. And these commands are very powerful. And he, meaning Jesus, said this. First he said, get up, which means, you know, he said, rise up, right? Then he says, pick up. And I would underline that in my mind. Pick up the thing that once carried you, right? Take up your bed, he said. And then move on. That, that, that's the command. There's something about that, that when God says that, He gives you the power to do it. So I want to encourage you today that God is, He hears you, He sees you, He, he knows your situation. And as, as you move into what He has for your life, remember that He is the one. He is the one who's going to bring the breakthrough. And your job is to, is to not only believe but obey him as to what he's doing and so how do you see that in your own life do you see god do you see god doing that do you see god doing that in your life so i want to encourage you that that the lord is is with you and he's gonna he's gonna come through he's gonna break through for you so till next time thanks so much for being with us check us out on youtube and wherever you can get your podcasts uh, audio wise and we're also on facebook so god bless you thank you